Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hello, angels. Happy Wednesday, because I'm now so consistent that episodes come out every Wednesday now because I learned how to schedule. (laughs) So I can actually say to you, happy Wednesday. I hope your week is going well. I hope things are going the way that they flow right to you. Today, we're going to kind of delve into a little bit of a sticky situation where many of us can relate. So Miss Vanessa, my partner in crime, what are we talking about today? Yeah, I mean, we're going to step in it. (laughs) We're going to step in it today. I mean, lucky for us, we've already stepped in it in our pre-talk. So (laughs) there'll be some emotional charge coming, but I feel like it will be a little bit different than what we have already unloaded. But um, we are going to talk about trauma and money and money and trauma and money <laughs> trauma <laughs> and all the things that go with it. Um, it's, it's God, I, I feel like there's not a human on this earth that doesn't have something to say about this or that doesn't have money trauma in one way or another, even the, even the people with deep abundance which is hard when you, you know, when you don't, when you don't have that, you're like, what could they possibly have to worry about? Well, guess <laughs> what? They have to worry about people coming at them because they have money and who they can trust. And you know what? Trust issues, trust issues. We both, you know what I mean? Like, hey, there's a common ground right there. And, yes. and it, yours has to do with money. So it created trauma. Interesting, right? Like we're bridging gaps here. So <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see like what other tangents we find in here. But I think this is like super important right now because of what we're going through in our society. Like I, we are in a, we are in a financial spot right now where like people are starting to get real desperate and real scared. And we are of the belief that we, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, That we don't have to necessarily respond to the system the way the system intends for us to respond. So this is part of that talk of getting us in a better space for handling our money trauma going forward. And it's, uh, and I think too, the, the, the other side of that equation, there's also a ton of people who are going into entrepreneurship and so many people that want to work for themselves. I mean, this whole, what they're calling, and I hate the term of it, but like, you know, the quiet quitting and and like leaving and people venturing off to do things that they want to do or that they feel will make them money, whatever their decision driving factor is. There's so many people stepping into the idea of being their own boss and working for themselves and, and how we go about it and the way we go about it and the blocks that we have from our trauma is going to dictate how well that happens. Because you can make a ton of money, but you can have no money at the same time. Yeah, I know lots of people who do it. And, you know, so it's kind of about, as well as understanding yourself being like Gary Vee, I just watched a video on him and Instagram about the idea of this person was asking, I want to make a million dollars next year. Okay. But you have to be so self-aware about 
your relationship with money and your relationship with making money and receiving money as well as spending money matters in your success of this million dollars. Yep. And that's and hard. It's hard. It so is hard. Be, because <laughs> so many of us though, if we look at our trauma of money or our relationship with it, we have to go back to our family, to origin. Like when we were children, like did we grow up in a, um, in, in a household in poverty, you know, circumstantial, there's a lot of people that are just there because that's, they felt that they just learned from their parents that that's the way things were, or they created trauma in a space where maybe their parents struggled. My mother struggled with money. She had to raise three kids and, you know, pay for a house. And she had so much struggle with money mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and that begins to create a conversation in your mind about what money is and how it's supposed to look as an adult. And, yeah. and that's just surface level trauma. We're not yeah. talking deep trauma, like, you know, our interactions with money as children, do mm -hmm. we, you know, how, how we grew up, like for me, I mean, this is a really simple example, but for me, we never ate out. And we never like we, you know, we go into the city and we'd want McDonald's and my mom would be like, there's no money for that. And so as an adult, when I became, when I started working and I became making money, you know, what's the one thing you think I started to do? Eat mm -hmm. out all the yeah. time because it meant I was successful. Yeah. So that simple thing my childlike brain at the time made meaning of that and equated eating out equals you are have money or you have money or you are okay yeah the successful <laughs> people can go to a restaurant anytime they want yeah <laughs> and so if i can go to a restaurant anytime i want i'm successful yep <laughs> right but kid brain is simple brain you know, like I feel, we forget that, right? When we talk about our inner child work, we go back and go, okay, I know what you're doing with your 44-year-old brain, but you you didn't have that back then. <laughs> like right. you need to go into your cause and effect and very, very simplistic brain and go, well, what would you infer from that if you didn't know all the things that you knew? You'd go cause and effect, right? If I can't have this, it's for this reason. So then flip it. And that's how that, that's how you like fix it. <laughs> it's just the opposite. Yep. Yeah. And my and my relationship with money is vastly different from my brothers. Like, sorry, I saw a light bulb go off. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening real time, friends. <laughs> Vanessa just went, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll hold on to it because it was okay. a good one. <laughs> okay, good. Because I'm like, if you need to share it because you forget that you need you to know, share it. I'll remember this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is Your how we work, friends. This is what we do. Um, like my brother's relationship with money, like for example, school clothes, my younger brother had to have designer jeans and like not designer, but high end, like expensive. He may or only had one or two pairs and he had to wash them constantly, but he got them. He never has, he's not had a, he's, his relationship with money is vastly different from mine, but his idea of his deserving of X, Y, or Z, of money, of clothes, of whatever, is vastly different. Like for me, 
Kmart, Ames type of clothes. Because back when I was a kid, there was no Walmart. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. aging myself. Yeah, and people are like Ames. Like if you were in New Hampshire, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Go on YouTube and search for Ames store abandoned. You'll find some Ames, yeah. and you'll understand it was like a Walmart, Kmart thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, so yeah. So it you know, and, and having clothes from that and not feeling good about it because they really never fit well. And and my relationship to clothes and worthiness and money and how I feel in them is so different from my brothers just because of a simple thing like that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what our wee little brains come up with as we grow up. And, and especially if you are treated differently than your siblings, like, you know, yeah. whatever reason, whatever circumstance, that matters too. So Vanessa, what was your epiphany that just popped into your brain? Yeah, I had like two other ones while you were talking to <laughs> The first one was, I don't know where it just, get, it just like exploded on my face. I think it was because you were talking about, you know, the family thing, you know, and being like, what was the thing that felt like, you know, rich people did. And like, I felt that way about trips. We never took family trips. The one family trip we took was because my sister was in the nationals for hockey and like she had to go. So my dad was like, I guess we'll throw it on a credit card. Like, and I was in college already. <laughs> so, like I was basically like tagging along. Like I didn't get any family vacation, so I'm going, you know, like, <laughs> damn it. Um, but it makes sense to me now why I love, like, like why I believe that when I can travel, things are good. And when I can't travel, things are bad. And like that, it just kind of clicked in me. Like, I know that part of it is the gypsiness in me. Like, I know that that's part of like the, the wonder of it, but I really, like it kind of landed hard to be like, oh my God, because what do I think of when I think of when I'm, when I have extra money, I'm ready to go somewhere. When I think of like, when I have this much money, I'm going to take, I'm going to take us to Greece, you know, like, damn it. Like, because that was the thing we never did as kids. We, we went out to eat every now and then, but we lived so far from everything that I understood in my kid brain that we didn't go out to eat because it took forever to get there. You know, like I, I it was almost like the money part, like was there, but it didn't feel as, as like, as, as, the deciding as, factor yeah as like it's going to take us like three hours to go out to eat like it's like not feasible <laughs> you know, like, that made so much sense in my brain more more than but the, the you know the trips the trips <laughs> we never went on in because we didn't have any money to go on trips um so yeah that that was there but then i had like when you were talking about the 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 younger generation in our pre-talk we talked about my sister and how her success looks so different than mine um, but, but as you were talking, I thought, well, it's because she lived in a completely different household, right? It was the same household, but by the time she came along, things got so much better, you know, like, and, but I was already the third parent. I was already the, like in, in the trauma with my parents. Like I was their, 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 you know, the other wheel of their cart that knew about the finances and knew that I needed to help with the family and knew, you know, like I was already in their money trauma and she never had to be because by the time that came around, she had three people doing it for her. Basically. <laughs> so, and my brother just got lost in the mix. Like he, 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 the middle child is literally him, but yeah, just thinking about how she lives her life so very differently than how I live my life not just because we're different people, but because 
she didn't really live in the lack part of our family life. So to her, it's kind of like, go get what you want. It's there. It's possible. You just do it. Yeah. Right. Like, and for me, it's like, oh no, it's big struggle and big risk. And oh my God, and everything could go. And ah, like, you better think this through for 10 years in order to do it. <laughs> exactly. And she's just like, eh. <laughs> I want it. So how do I get it? You know, like <laughs> I always just wanted it and got it. You know, like, <laughs> and it's as I'm saying it, I'm like, it's kind of, I, I love how my sister is. I want my child to be how my sister is. And yeah. so I try to create that environment for her that if, if there's a time where there's a no, there's a reason that has nothing to do with poverty and has everything to do with that money. We're, we're using that money for something else that yeah. means more, you know, and instead of like, I don't have it. Like we don't have it just being like, no, we're just using it with different on different things, you know, and letting her know, like, no, sometimes we do that though. Sometimes we do just go, yeah, right now we're going to go mini golfing. We're going out to eat today. We're doing that. And that's a decision that has nothing to do with how much money we do or do not have, you know, and just trying to, to create that. But yeah, like, I kind of landed on me. I was like, (laughs) okay. I see yourself. (laughs) And, you know, and the one thing I want to say, like, I recently had a very, I'm not going to talk about it on this because it's a little bit more personal than I would like to get. While I'm an open book, that's a little too far open. Um, (laughs) We're not going into the binding. (laughs) Yes, this is, this is the, yeah. Um, An experience I had as a child, a couple of them actually, and working through that and having the realization recently that my, while I blamed my mother and I thought that it was an energetic thing between me and my mom, and it partly might've been, I mean, I look at the effects of, you know, my thinking about money based on her relationship with money. It's partly that, but it was way bigger than that. And it was a lot more traumatic than just that. And when it's funny because I've been asking the universe to have an understanding of why for probably since I've been on my spiritual journey, which is a very many years. Um, and, and I'm like, and I started to wonder, you know, why, why are you not bringing this to me until like, why, why now? Because I'm able to sit with it because I have the support structure in place and I have the bandwidth to sit with it without judgment. That's the thing. If you go trauma searching and you go looking for your trauma in any for any reason, it doesn't have to be just about money. My big disclaimer is please do it when you're ready to have grace and understanding and compassion for what you're finding, whether it was as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, whatever you're seeking, if you're seeking it from a space of judgment and of harshness, it's not going to show up and it will not show its face because it is so afraid of being judged and not having the compassion and the kindness that it needs to express itself. So for me, for so many years, I was in a space of judgment of myself, of my little self, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of judgment, a lot of self-accusation. There is no way in hell yeah. 
that that part of me was going to show itself because it would receive what it's already receiving internally. Why would it want more of that? And so it's not going to show up. But because I'm this year and last year, I've been super focused. I mean, there's a reason the angels gave me the name Grace. And it's not just how to be graceful with others. It's how to have grace for myself, to be grace, to embody that. And when I was able to begin to practice that, because it's not an everyday occurrence, I get in my head, I get in my fear and and get mad about something or myself, or there's moments, I'm not perfect, none of us are. But when I can have a more consistent track record of being compassionate and graceful with myself, then that parts of me that are ready to come up and receive love and caring, that's when they show up. So Mm -hmm. it's like almost the requirement to doing work within trauma is to be able to stretch yourself into compassion and understanding and not further shame or blame yourself in that way. It's the curiosity over confrontation. We're just looking for clues, man. Like whenever I tell people we're looking for trauma, I'm like, we are not looking to experience trauma. We're looking for clues on the the puzzle piece that's missing, that's holding you back. That's all. Like we don't need to go into anything other than what was the what happened, right? Like what shift happened in your brain? Because we're just unshifting that. We're just undoing that shift. It's like you know like the the core part of it isn't to get into the whole situation the core part of it is to just go find the root cause and and you know fix or not fix it but like change the way that you feel about it right. you know like it's not but you're right like until we're ready to do it it doesn't show up but it's so funny that sometimes when it shows up we're like i don't feel ready <laughs> Right, I like, did not feel ready last week to yeah. experience what <laughs> yeah. I was like. What gave so what true. gave you the indication, universe, that I was mentally stable enough to to handle this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like ah, uh, I'm a whole mess right now. You just dumped this on me, you know. But but it is, you know, just kind of like, well, you know, I'm just gonna hit it with curiosity. I don't need to confront this. This is not about a right or wrong or whatever. I just need to know information because I don't have enough to put together my plan. And to to experience what I may have needed in that moment. And even if that other person or the people in the situation gave it to me, I wasn't able to receive it in that moment because of a belief or a need to self-punish. So I refuse to feel that way. And I just turn to self-punishment as a way to feel like I'm like making it right or making up for something. And that's, you know, and and in order to kind of feel into that and to experience that, I'm already, my chest is like on fire. Yeah. (laughs) My heart is just like. We thought we did a free talk, but. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's, but it's, it's about receiving that and and shifting that belief, that neuro pathway into deserving that love and compassion. You're like, what is going on over there? I just, I just, this is hilarious to me because again, we did, we talked for, I mean, y'all, we talked for like, what, two hours before we started recording. And I was like, where we nailed it down. (laughs) 
And I feel like as we're talking, it's just like, no, no, you guys just pick the scab off and here comes all the real stuff, right? Because you're like, here's this and here's this. And I'm like, oh my God, like, here's this, you know, like, and I love it because I'm super glad. Like I'm super, for both of us, this is work that is life-changing and and where it's time for both of us to be to be quite honest it's time we deserve it we we have earned it for everything that we have gone through we are we are ready you know like we are ready we're just afraid of what that means (laughs) like what other things we're opening ourselves up for by saying that but you know just hearing you talk about like these these discoveries and 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 you know all of these kind of things and the punishment and you know just really allowing ourselves to even say that I think is is a is a shift that you know uh, when we talk about doing our shadow work it's because we put our shadows away as if there's something to feel to feel bad about that's a part of me that I don't want people to see because it's super ugly and it doesn't go with my persona and all of this kind of stuff and kind of dragging it out to be like that none of that is true that I can I can face my shame with compassion I can face those things that I've held inside and and that I've that I've you know been punishing myself for and I can just say that I've done that and move on you know like like, I don't have to now wallow in the fact that I've punished myself you know like because I feel like that's the next natural thing right like it's to just stay in punishment mode but now I'm just punishing myself for something else (laughs) because you know we just go into the rabbit hole of all the things we should have and as you were talking I just was like oh my god like when does this end (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) yeah it doesn't but like I really want it to go like some of the other things in my life like I've gotten to the place with the relationship stuff that when it comes around I'm just kind of like well here it is you know like I'm very much know how much work I have to do here. I'm welcoming it. Some of it hurts, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, I guess, by it, but this is surprising me quite a bit. <laughs> That's coming in. And when you talked about receiving and not being deserving and punishing yourself, there was something about the, the order of the words this time. It's not <laughs> the first time I've heard you say it this time. It, it, it stuck with me of why I don't receive help why I won't allow help, you know, and we've been talking about, I have, I have the best sister in the world. She's super wonderful. She's always like, you want some money? You know, like, you, do you need some help? Is there everything okay? And, and, and I, even if I had $5 in my bank account, I always said no, because it was like, and now right now it's landed on me that I have been punishing myself for what I believe are my decisions that put me in this spot. i'm not because it feels like a reward for my bad behavior if somebody gives me something yeah and it didn't even register until just now and i was like i that's something i'm gonna have to sit down with because i am and we had this in the pre-talk i am shifting on that like i am very much like being like hey man if people want to give you something let them you know but there's a there's a threshold that I still hold of what that, (laughs) how much you're allowed to give to me, like whether it's time or money or, (laughs) you know, whatever. But that part of it, I realize is the major part of it, right? Like of the self-judgment of, well, you didn't do the right things to get you here. So you shouldn't either get bailed out or you shouldn't um, take advantage of somebody else doing the right thing when you didn't do it. Um, which is how I used to feel in the old house. Um, I, I felt like I didn't earn like 
oh, I shouldn't be in this big house. You should. You bought it because you did the right things in life. I didn't. So I don't deserve to be here. That took a while for me to get through. But I'm realizing as you're saying it, like doing it again, (laughs) just in a different form of you made lots of decisions. You last summer was all about trauma and, 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 and every single plan I made was in survival mode and trauma. And, and I do feel like I, I put myself in a harder situation than, than I needed to. Right. Like, and so I've been punishing myself for that instead of going with the compassion that I started to come with, which was you were in survival mode, dude. Like the rug was pulled out from under you. There were people that you like trusted so much that you felt a big betrayal, you know, because, you, you know, now I see that person as somebody else who was in trauma and couldn't make decisions, you know what I mean? But back then I couldn't see that, you know, and, 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 but somewhere along the way I did lose that. I didn't notice that I lose that, that I lost that. Um, and maybe it had to do with creating my own thing again, <laughs> made me feel like, well, this is what you're supposed to be doing. So you'll wait for that to come through because this is how you're supposed to get it. So just wait, because you're creating it instead of being like, oh my God, like if somebody wants to give you a head start or if somebody wants to help you do this easily, how have you not earned that because of the person you are or because of the support you give to that person? Like, how are you not seeing that as an energy exchange? Because I'm blocking it with, I don't deserve it because of the dumb shit that I have decided is dumb shit that got me here yeah like holy holy shit like it wasn't dumb shit but i (laughs) noticed right now that like uh uh-huh it's not but you somewhere in there you do think it is (laughs) yeah there's there's definitely a belief system that um has created a judgment yeah wow welcome to the again welcome to the real-time process guys like i'm like epiphany see any of this coming (laughs) yeah well, and, you know, and as you're talking too, and I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, the process of it and how that idea of judgment and how that affects so much, you know, we're talking specifically about trauma and money today, but the process and the idea and the effects are the same in any area, whether it's your relationship with your body, whether you feel deserving of good health, whether you feel deserving of good relationship. And, and supportive people in your life, whether you feel like you're worthy of being paid for your time or for, you know, all of that connects to this core f- judgment of feeling deserving. And while money for me has always been a hot button issue because of whether it's the effects of watching my mother not manage money well or feeling like, you know, of, of not of putting give and of i i don't want to say treating me but putting me in an environment where money wasn't available to me when she was supposed to be my caretaker and 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 no i'm not saying money to go do whatever i'm talking basic needs like clothes and like you know and simple basic needs for a child now i'm not saying that to blame her because i know she had her own struggle she's working through her own trauma she it's it's just a process she had to go through but there were effects on the rest of us 
the three children that she raised, there's going to be obvious effects. This is why doing the work is so important, especially when you have children, is because when you have an understanding, you know, oh, I see. So how do I heal this within me so I'm not perpetuating the same narrative generation after generation after generation? That's how it works. That's how generational trauma is passed down from one generation to the next. Um, it's just classic case, but it's in, in, in seeing that I'm not blaming her. It's having an understanding of how her struggle, her actions, her relationship with money affects me to this day. It's not, it's not to say, because I think that's a big conversation too, is we have to own that we're perpetuating something ourselves. Yeah. We can say, yeah. oh, there's a reason why people are successful, even though we're, we're in the like the beginning or even in the middle of a recession yeah there's reason why people are still successful yes is because they look at themselves and they look at like their worth they look at oh what is going on with me that i don't have a relationship with money you it's not to say that there isn't circumstances out there I'm not belittling your circumstances. I'm saying, what can you do in this moment? And how are you relating to your circumstances? Go on. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm taking it all in. I'm feeling it. I'm like, like it's like, it's like what you, when you're listening to a motivational speaker, you know, where you're just like, yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's all of that. <laughs> and so many of us, I feel right now are in this phase of like, there's so much on TikTok and Instagram about learn how to leave your nine to five, making all this money, make money on your terms. That is all possible. If you believe in your worth, if you believe that you're deserving of that type of ease and grace. Like there's a reason my entrepreneurship has not taken off. It's because I didn't feel I deserved it because I felt a self-punishment of restricting money or putting me in a financial situation where I was required to work a nine to five. Hmm. And discovering that, and even right now I'm like, oh, not sitting very good with me, but, but I mean, but it, it took understanding my worth when it comes to work, having a boundary when I got this job, when I moved here, having the boundary of I'm not doing work I don't love and don't believe in the message of the company. Like if I feel like the company is bullshit, I'm not working there. I don't care how much they're paying me. I have to believe in the mission in order for me to be aligned with this company. So there's value. And for me, my previous job back way back in Arizona, when I wasn't being paid properly and I really felt the pressure of that. And when I quit because I was done and it's funny how the universe disguised it as, yeah, you're going to move again. And I'm like, okay, I'll quit my job. And then, oops, don't, you're not leaving. You're staying. I'm like, what? Yeah. But <laughs> I just they, did that thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just quit my job. And then they rehired me as, in, in the position and then the financial compensation that was a lot in alignment with what I'm worth. And I was like, wow, okay. Somebody figured out what they're worth, but it was still tied to having to do a job. Yeah. It's baby steps. When you're healing that trauma and working on your worth, it's baby steps. 
But I encourage, how do, how do I say this? You don't need to wait until you're so angry and so upset about your lack of money in order to look at your relationship with money. Now, that's a motivating factor for some people. Yeah, we get comfortable where we're at. Yeah. But and and it's okay to use that as a motivating factor, but understand shift it to the idea of realizing you're deserving of this amount of money or more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that helped me step into my worth as a worker of a nine to five. So it helped me elevate that. And then I stepped into the idea of, okay, you're demanding they pay you for what you're worth, but yet you're not demanding to receive what you're worth in the stuff that makes your heart sing. Why? Mm-hmm. And so that led me down another path of asking the spirit and the universe to help me understand money and my relationship with it. I have made so much progress about managing my money in the past two years that it's unbelievable. But there was still an issue. I still had issues. I perpetuated cycles. And I didn't know that I was creating safety for myself in a safe space of like having support systems. I didn't know that all that I was doing the work that I was doing, the consistent being compassionate with myself, not yelling myself, checking in with my internal self or my internal inner, my little, my internal little and saying, how are you feeling today? You know, when I'm upset, like what needs are not being met here? What are you, what are you needing? And you're not receiving, especially from me. All of that work led to having this massive epiphany and understanding of why my trauma is related to money and my deserving and my worthiness issue. Does it solve everything? You better not believe it. <laughs> this is something you can't believe that because it's 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 layers. We're the proverbial onion. I have peeled in the layers and I'm at this spot in the onion where it's not so great because I did the outer work, working inwards, baby steps, that I've come to a space of safety within myself to explore some of these more deeper traumas. And I mean, you can't expect yourself to take a program written by somebody who has their own trauma around money and who's trying to make money by creating courses and creating programs to tell you that they're guaranteed going to teach you how to heal your money trauma, trauma, because it just doesn't, Chances are, yeah. if you're just on your journey, I don't know how you could access the deep trauma. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to two people who have tried those things. Yes. And here we are on this podcast, still discovering things, but how are we, <laughs> nobody, we're not paying any, we're not paying each other and nobody's paying us, right? Like <laughs> this is, it has to be processed. It has to be you and your, and your individual journey, because it can't, you can't follow somebody else's footsteps with your own trauma and expect the same result, you're not going to be able to do it. There's something you're going to come up against something that throws you in a fucking hole, right? Like that, that, and then when we're in the hole and we were like, Oh, here was my expectation. And now I'm a big failure because I thought I, I did, I couldn't follow the path. Oh my gosh. You're like, now we've created an, uh, talk about peeling away the, uh, the onion layers. You're adding onion layers. You're adding layers of trauma where you, where they don't need to be, but it's because uh, here I go on my society rant. It's because, you know, this is the society that we live in right now is right. that there's a, there's a lot of 
of, of psychological warfare when it comes to everything and trying to get into our psyche so that we will be afraid or that we will, you know, to just tr- try to get inside our heads to get what, what people want from us. But as you were talking, I was thinking about like how important retrospective work is in this kind of area, because, yeah. um, you know, I hadn't really thought about my relationship with my work when in terms of money as much as I've always thought about it in terms of freedom right as we know (laughs) we we know that my rogue like counselor (laughs) self has been trying to free its soul since I went into grad school and it went into a box um, I've always thought of it that way of like my freedom, my freedom, I need the freedom to practice the way that I that I do the best work. I need the freedom to manage my schedule so that I can, you know, be present for my daughter. I need, you know, like all of those kind of things. I thought about the money on a survival level, which we've talked we talked about in a previous one of just like how to make enough money doing it, you know, so that I could feel free, right? But <laughs> as you were talking, I thought. Mm, you know this started way before then and I just didn't notice it <laughs> because I when I got the job oh I got goosebumps just thinking about it at the watershed so the watershed is no longer because they were super fucking corrupt rehab and they should not be any longer and I'm glad this that's like major karma <laughs> came to them um and and for those of you who don't know water is my my signifier of change right like when things are going to change I have water problems of some sort usually you know whether I'm spilling water everywhere or like you know many very weird things have happened to me with water and so to me when I when I got this interview at the watershed I laughed because I was like I mean it's right there water so I went in there and I've never done this before and it's obviously the last time I did it but I've I went in there and sat down with them. I had a job at the time. I didn't like the job, but I had a job at the time. So I went in there with the thought process of I'm only going to take this job if it's worth it, right? Like, otherwise, I'm not into I'm not into doing this. So I go in there and we have this this conversation and the lady's like all, you know, super excited about like my skills and all this kind of stuff. And she asks what I am looking for for salary. And without even missing a beat, I gave my New York salary what I was making in New York city. Now I'm in Florida. Right? Like, so th- the logical brain would say, don't even think about it. And she didn't bat an eye and she said, okay. And I, I mean, I don't even know if I was able to, hi- I tried to hide my disbelief, you know, to be like super cool and be like, holy, I cannot believe that that worked, <laughs> but it worked, right? So I obviously find out later that they can't keep people. And so they were so freaking desperate that, you know, whatever. I also found out a week later that I was pregnant. So <laughs> it was kind of like, wow, your life was going to change no matter what. The why you had this interview last week and the reason why you threw out that number, like there's all these things that right now in retrospect, I'm like, wow, the lineup of that is like amazing. Never did that before. And I remember thinking at that time, is that what people do? <laughs> like people just walk in and demand money and get yeah. it? Like, because I have always been like, well, I mean, you know, like, what does it pay? You know, like I'm always asking them, what's the pay? You know, like not saying this is what my fucking skills are worth. 
worth. So if you're not going to pay them, I'm not going to work for you. I've never really had that, that, that process, you know, so I work for them, whatever, you know, what happened? Like, as I start, like, I mean, the turnover at this place was unfucking believable that I was there for obviously nine months or not, no, eight months because I was put on bed rest for the last one. I was there for eight months from the day I started to the day I ended. I was the only person who stayed there in my position everybody else who came in and out gone so like that tells you that this place sucked so much the amount of people that i that told me how much money they were making doing the exact same job as i was was disgusting like there were people making half of what i was making and i was like that's ridiculous but it happened because i went in there and i said you're not going to pay me less than this obviously without that that now but <laughs> You know, that was, that was the shift. I didn't realize that was the shift though. That was me like almost being like, like whatever, man, let's see what happens here. You know? And the universe was like, I got you. Like, <laughs> and not only do I got you, but this is now going to be your turning point because now you're going to have a baby and then you're going to shift into this next thing that's good for you of, well, now you're not going to deal with this abusive like environment of this job. You're going to shift the fact that your soul dies in all of these jobs and it's all going to be disguised <laughs> in motherhood. <laughs> right. So from there on, it became like, Oh my, you know, being a mom, being a mom. But now I see it as that started before that. You just didn't recognize the signs of that. You didn't recognize what was happening to you internally um, just by what felt like happenstance at the time. But now I realize that like the last time that I, and I, I haven't interviewed for a job since I've only gotten contracts. I've done the same thing. I've said, well, this is, this is what I'm looking for. If you can't give me that on, on this contract, then I'm not going to do it. And then there was even one that I did take. And a few months later, I just said, I'm not going to do this. I don't like this work. I'm not getting paid enough for it. And it's not surprisingly, everything was fine. <laughs> Because I, I turned that belief into an ability to manifest what I wanted, you know, and now I'm in an even better spot than I ever imagined that I could be in. And I'm ready to take more steps because I believe in a different, like, I just believe in something different when it comes to how this happens and, and what work for money is and what that exchange is. But man, like that's, that was just an interesting thing for me to, to go on. And I think that that might be a good thing for other people to go on too, right? Like to kind of go back and look for clues that these things started to happen for you or not. Like sometimes we can go back into that and go, that was a time where I was super non-empowered, right? Like, and that's why it happened, right? Because then it gives us more information about why things happen. A lot of times we think like, oh, you know, just this crappy job and they paid me whatever. And then we go in and look at the interview in our with our 2020 vision and go, well, yeah, I came in and I just rolled over. I didn't even show up for myself, mm -hmm. you know, and you get the information of, well, then I, then I'll try to show up for myself next time and see what happens. Can I share a comparison of Absolutely. something? So me demanding my worth at my job, you demanding your worth in that position, there is an inherent point that needs to be made. We believed in ourselves yeah. 
we believe that the work we did was good, not from a brain ego, but from a heart I know internal, I am worth this. It didn't come from a, I'm the shit and I'm gonna just, I deserve this. Now, does sometimes it start that way? Sure. But if you don't believe in the work that you do and in, you don't believe in your heart, like the impact you're making or whatever your position is or how well you do it, if you don't believe in that, demanding for what you're worth, you're gonna self-sabotage and either not show up into that worth or you're going to get to the point where the work that you do doesn't align with what you believe you're worth in a sense of in the ego mind, what the ego thinks. Because if it comes, and this is hard to explain, but when it comes from a mind egotistic, that's a place of that is controlled by fear and by trauma. When you come from a space of that just you don't need to shout how great you are when you just feel it in your heart and you know that you're doing the work and you're in that and you're believing in yourself in a really deep cellular level. That's when things change. That's how things shift. That's when we manifest what we're asking or what we're needing in that moment. There's a big difference in how that feels and the how it'll and, and what will happen because we may ask for that money and work very hard and, and to actually do what we do with the best, but we wouldn't necessarily overwork ourselves because there's not a need to prove ourselves of that worth. We inherently know that worth is there in the work that we do. We don't need to work overtime. We don't need to, I mean, we may have to because of the job construct, but it isn't an overtime sense of, I need to do overtime because I need to prove myself or I'm still in a position where I'm not asking for what I'm worth, or there's not a sense of giving more than what they're paying me because I feel I need, I need to make up for, you know, that feeling of not knowing how worthy I am. That's mm -hmm. if you, if you go into a position and you're like, this is what I want and you get it. And then you step into the space of, oh, I've got to perform because they're, they're going to see I'm not worth that. That's an inherent disbelief of yeah. the work and how worthy yeah. you are. Mm -hmm. There is a difference. So please understand when you're walking in, you're like, I'm demanding this. See what comes up. See if you're like, you find yourself overworking yourself and going into burnout town because you feel you need to prove that. And if you're being asked to prove it, Sorry, that's not the place for you. <laughs> but but just know that there is two ways to do that. And one way is sustaining and the other way is not. Chances are you'll be going to many different places asking for what you're worth from an egotistical worth value. The, the value of it is not held in a sense of, you're gonna pay me this, I'm gonna do my job, and if I have to do more than what my job is needs to do, you're going to pay me a lot more. Yeah. Like there is a sense of equal exchange versus you giving so much more than what you're really asking for. Yeah. And the energy of that is, is very like, as you were saying it, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because the energy of those words are, is felt by the receive the, the recipient too. 
yeah. right? Like we know when somebody's coming from ego, sometimes we can't explain it. And sometimes in that moment, we're not aware of it, but something will feel off, right? Like you can tell when somebody comes in with confidence and when somebody comes in with ego, when you're paying attention, right? Like you can know the difference of somebody who is explaining to you how their skills are and that they are good and that they know how to do this. And when they're trying to get you to believe that they are as great as they are saying that they are, because it's just a different energy of the words. And that makes a lot of sense, you know, like to, to be able to put that to you, because again, like the, the people who are out there that take your money to tell you how to get money, (laughs) that's literally the only exchange they're, they're really looking for right? Like with those courses, they're really looking for that. Some, some people, I shouldn't say that some people do have like a heart part of it, but there's a lot of people who don't, a lot of people lose that because they get lost in the money part of it, but they don't really tell you that part of it, you know, of being like, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to actually believe this thing because you're going to go on a really dark journey with yourself. If you don't, you're going to be fake you're, you're literally going to be the fake person that you don't want to be. And that it's not going to happen. We can't fake it till we make it with a lot of things that have to do with our belief systems, because we'll, we will go, we'll, we'll go down in flames when we start to come up against whether or not we're earning what it is that we've asked for. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because I didn't, when I, when I went in there like, I don't even know it didn't, I don't even know where it came from. I think it really just came from like, well, this is what I'm getting paid here. So if you're willing to give me that, then I'm, I'll just sign the papers today. (laughs) Like it was really just like, I don't know, you know, but yeah, like, I guess at that point though, too, I knew that they wouldn't be disappointed. You know, I knew that like, I'm good at what I do. So like, if you give me that money, you're not going to like, fire me. I'm a, I'm a good counselor. You know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like it. it, The reason why it felt crazy was because of where I was. Yeah. I would have never, like, if I was in New York city, I probably would have asked for more money to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had been in that other job for a couple of years without a raise. I was working nonprofit. So I probably would have asked for more money, but um, yeah, that is major because the shift, like people want to put the fucking cart before the horse, right? Like I want to get the money before and then I'll believe it, right? Because I'll be earning it. And it like totally doesn't work that way, man. Like it just doesn't because you're bypassing the work that it takes to to elevate, the work that it takes to create the life that you feel super good in. You Mm -hmm. can't do it if you're surface leveling. And surface leveling is that, you know, just just follow like a robot. Here's the things that you say. And then, uh, yeah, then you see what happens. You'll feel great afterwards. Yeah, no. No, for a little bit, right? The first couple paychecks, you'll feel great because you love to see that money in the in the in the bank. But when they start to ask you questions about, like you said, staying late or doing a little bit of extra work, that's when even subconsciously, it's not always conscious. Subconsciously, you will say to yourself, "Well, you know, I make I make good amount of money. This company pays me well, so I I, I can do this for them." And it's like. No, we got to, we got to be able to have a belief system that says they pay me for what I do currently, like you said, and anything extra, I I should get another exchange like that. This is a whole other contract that I'm entering with them. And 
you know, so that you feel even, you don't feel burned out. You know, it's, it's hard though. I mean, that like when we, and even a lot of the things that we've presented so far, it's like, this feels overwhelming, I think. And it's overwhelming yes. for us in our pre-talk. We were like, damn it. Like <laughs> how many different balls go into this giant thing of yarn? Like, <laughs> like, I just want to like do this easily. <laughs> I don't want to think about the non-trips as a as a like as a kid and then also the food and then also the this and then also the hockey and then also that like I don't want to think about all those things being layers of trauma <laughs> I just want to peel off the one that says money mindset <laughs> and get to and just be there but it's it, it it's rewarding in the process though like don't not to scare you guys but um like the with the layers and all that kind of stuff it is rewarding if you do it with intention and you do it with awareness and you and you take the moments to appreciate how far you've come it does get a lot easier you know like i'm 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 in probably the best space that i've ever been in when it comes to money and i'm telling you that i'm still finding stuff you know like i'm 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 doing better than i ever have i have lots of time to add on things to make money which is unheard of in my life like I have space that I've never had before emotionally and mentally for expansion so that I don't have to be in survival mode. It's a really great place to be, but look what's happening <laughs> in that space. There's still stuff that's uncovering so that I'll, so that I'll take those steps so that, that I don't plateau here and then just go, okay, it's fine. And then in another two years be like, man, I just, sat in comfort and I want to be inspired. I want to do inspired things because of how they feel, not because of the money part of it. I want to feel like the the goodness that comes with expanding in all parts of my life. So yeah. don't get overwhelmed with the idea that there's layers. Understand that the process does have quite a bit of perks <laughs> along the way. And you <laughs> Yes. And, and things will shift along the way as you go. And it's not to say that you, nothing will happen until you get to this pinnacle moment that like I was describing, but it, it gets better along the way where to start. I know a lot of you are like, well, fine, if it does, then where the fuck should I start? Because that's really the question that yeah. for me, when I started this journey, when I got serious about healing that relationship I had with money, I asked myself first, what are my belief systems around money? Meaning, like, for example, money is the root of all evil. Do you say that all the time? Do you say that to yourself? Do you believe it? Do you hate people who make money because you're jealous or angry that they have so much money and you're in the struggle bus? Like, because if you hate something, why would energetically you want to bring that to yourself yeah. because you hate this person because they make a lot of money and they are rich and they can be an asshole but they're still making money right and if you hate them because they're making money and they're rich and they don't understand your struggle then you're saying energetically i don't want to be that because i'm a compassionate loving human being and so so basically you're rejecting the idea of being right. wealthy and affluent so see where your belief systems around the people that have money what money is and and how you view it 
Do you view it as elusive? Do you view it as I have to work hard to get it? Look at some of the belief systems around what you feel money is or how you interact with it and what your worthiness of it is. Meaning I used to feel I have to, I, I had to work like 90 hours a week. Like that was a belief system. <laughs> That's why I'm here. You know, I'm like, is there enough time to do 90 hours? Like I'm over here. Like, it seems like there's no sleeping. <laughs> there wasn't. I don't, I don't know how to problem. do that math, but it still seems like there's not a lot of sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know what? You know what? Another thing like I, and I'm not typically like this. So when people, people, a lot of times will like, is there a book that I can read? And I'll be like, I, there probably is, but I don't have it for you because I'm not as big of a reader as I used to be. I don't have time to be honest. Like I don't, that's not true. I don't make time <laughs> because I've been intentional about not making everything about work. And so that means that reading self-development books for pleasure feels a lot like work to me. It's not pleasure, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm reading them to do things for, to, to refer them to clients, right? Like sometimes it feels like work to me, like, like grad school work. So I don't do it as often as I used to do it. I used to do it, burn myself out and be like, oh my God. And now I've, I've been reading for pleasure. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> I did, I did read. And now I don't even know the name of the book. It's, is it the five hour work week or the 10 hour work week? I don't even know. Tim, I'm gonna have to Google it now, guys. <laughs> I've, I've referred it so many times, but I, I, now it's gone. I think Four it's the hour work, work week by Tim Four. Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. Yes. Great book. I listened to it on one of my road trips and it was a great book because he helped me shatter that idea of like, you don't need to work this many hours, what you need to do. And he was really good about what you need to do is find something that you can do in less time and make more money with. Right. Like, and his examples were things I couldn't connect to, right? Like I, in my head, in my brain, I was like, I don't want to do what you are doing. But then I read between the lines and said, said to myself, he took what he was interested in and he figured the rest out, right? Like his goal was actually to work less. Like what he's saying throughout the entire thing is work smarter, not harder about everything. He talked about traveling, right? Like, and he, he was like, you know, things I thought were like, you can't do it unless it's $10,000. He's like, I managed to do it for so much less because I just went, did it as I went along, you know, and I believed that if I did it smarter and not harder, that I could do it. And he's, he gives all these examples of all these great trips that he went on that were super freaking cheap because of the way that he did it, you know, and just like, it, it took you out of the, like, this is the way that everybody taught you how to do it and put you in the, like, well, how do you think somebody figured out that way? Because they they had an agenda and then they created the thing that makes the agenda happen, right? Like, so make your agenda working less and go from there, you know? And it was like, I when I read that or heard that, I was like, I like that. But that rubs up against all the like, you're not working hard enough or the must be nice to only work 10 hours a week. And it's like, yeah, it is. Like you guys are working your whole life to stop working. 
Like your whole goal is to retire and never work again. How come it's okay then? <laughs> I want to do it sooner, <laughs> right? And so like it shifted the whole mindset of like, well, how, how much do I want to work? What does that look like? Then try to figure out what you can do that makes that possible that you like to do. You don't even even have to love it. It doesn't have to be your passion. Something that you like to do that you can do that doesn't feel like torture. Figure it out. And I think when we we're talking about it, that's how I got to the space of the dream that I have right now. Because I was able to say to myself, I, I don't want to add on client hours. That's not how I want to do this. Like, that's not how I want to make more money. What's going to give me the same freedom that I have right now, more money and something that I'm interested in. So I come up with this whole thing that, yeah, you'll work a lot up front the same way you worked a lot up front to start your business. And then your goal is going to be to work less and you will figure it out how to work less. And it was like, it was just, it, it was like, I got permission that I had never gotten before because that was never in my household. That was not the way you didn't aim to work less hours. That was lazy. No. <laughs> coming from the person who chronically works yeah. over to used to work overtime yeah yeah <laughs> Less exactly. like, conversation. didn't see my dad for most of the year because he was working basically two full-time jobs you know like <laughs> and that was how you did it you know like and if you didn't do it that way like what kind of wuss are you like <laughs> well guess what I'm the one who is smarter <laughs> smarter <laughs> not harder uh, by the time I reach retirement age I will already have felt mostly retired. And that means I'm going to enjoy a whole big chunk of my life that I would not have enjoyed if I did not change this mindset. Thank you, Tim Ferriss. Yes. <laughs> it, was a, it really is. Like, again, some of the concepts and, you know, like, it's like a, you can't get into it because it's not my wheelhouse. I can't, like, get excited about what he got excited about. But I took those concepts and I ran with them. And it has been great. So that's my that's my advice is like I can finally give a book. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> wants a book and give you a book. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's other places to go. And, you know, there's uh, there's a few that I downloaded or bought that people had recommended about money. And I'm like, but I realized I wasn't, that book is a very simple and easy kind of focus of, you know, how to start, where to go from here. Whereas you get into some of the other recommendations people will recommend to you about money. The thing is not, it's not about investing money. It's not about what to do with it. That comes later because yeah. it was too much heavy lifting for me to read through yeah. these books and understand what to do with it. I'm like, I'm in a space of trauma response about yeah. my money. How the fuck am I going to invest nothing? Yeah. <laughs> I need to feel worthy. Yeah of receiving money and putting myself in a situation where I have bandwidth that I can save, I can invest, I can get to somewhere. Right now, I just need to not fucking feel like I'm panicked about money every month. Mm -hmm. And that's slowly happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, over time, but there's, there's more conversation about our relationship with it, what we believe about how we earn it, as well as, like you said, Vanessa, the possibility of doing, of making money with something that you desire mm -hmm. and being successful at it. Mm -hmm. And and what kind of having that moment, it's all a process. 
You just begin in one simple place and you let it unfold for you. This is not a, okay, I have money issues. I'm going to go to therapy tomorrow and I'm going to figure this all out and we're going to fix it and I'm going to be okay by next week. It's not going to happen that way. I hate to yeah. say that. And I, yeah. for the or 30 40, days to rich, it's not going to yeah. happen. It's going to no. be 30 days to rich for them because they sold however many of those. Right. <laughs> so, and it's not to say that you don't have, you absolutely can earn money and earn that amount of money. But if you don't understand your relationship with it and you find that, oh, I earned that amount of money, but I have nothing left or I'm still struggling. You can earn more money and still struggle. Trust yeah, because you'll spend more money. It's possible. <laughs> When you, have, you fix your beliefs about what money is doing for you, you're going to continue to use it, abuse it, yeah. right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. And to bring that back, like, again, like when we're talking about what, what Grace is saying about like get into your belief systems is what we started with, with the podcast of what talking about your belief systems come from your trauma and your programming. And until you go back there and look at that, you know, we, we really tend to just kind of flounder and flop around and take other people's stuff. And like, it's, it's like, we're just taking time from ourselves that if we really could just remember that the answers are all within, we just have to seek them and find the person that can help you seek them. Right. Because it is hard. It is hard to do on your own. You know, it's not impossible, but it is, it's very much accelerated if there's another person like I, I and then I can't stress that enough. You can do it by yourself. I'm not saying that you couldn't, but it is much accelerated when you do it because there's different ownership in your words. There's different concepts that come at you. There's reflection that changes the way that you, that you think about what you're saying. Um, so that, that, that all being said, you know, we don't come into the world fearing money. We don't come into the world not knowing what to do with it. We are taught to fear money. We are taught to not know what to do with it. We are taught to add meaning to it. Um, it's just an energy. And we are we, we are programmed to believe in that energy. So that means we can be programmed to believe in it differently. And, you know, yeah, we can do that. And I want that for everybody. <laughs> Me as well. I want people to have financial freedom. And it doesn't happen. That looks like. Yeah. And in whatever way that you want that financial freedom. And trust me, that is going to evolve over time too. Because once you understand and, and heal and work with your worthiness and deservability, that's going to shift. Because it's going to shift from what your trauma brain can think about now. But as you heal it, it expands and it grows into something that's way bigger than you ever could think. For those of you who are naysayers about inner child work and make fun of it, honey, when your brain was developed and the neuropathways in your brain and all your belief systems, they were developed when you were a child. Mm -hmm. And so this work is part of that. And that's why it's so important to connect with that child, with that inner little is what I call it, because I don't like inner child, because it's like, yeah, whatever. And that's another podcast. But it doesn't matter. I yeah. Mean, it's all good. But it's about understanding what was developed at that time, connecting with that energy of that child and connecting with its process. That's when you will discover so much about yourself, how you operate, how you view life and how, and especially when it comes to money, worthiness and deservability, it was all it's there. developed at that time. But the great news is you neural pathways can change 
you can create new ones and you can heal the old ones. The new ones that you feed and constantly use will become your, 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 what is it called? Your operating system in your brain versus the old one and the old belief system. It's like you'll upgrade your brain to version 2.0. So as you do the work, as you do the healing, have and seek with compassion and love and to understand and to have better awareness of yourself without judgment that is going to like help you on your way in such a way that you'll find it's a lot easier to do the heavy lifting of sitting with that emotion sitting with the trauma and healing it transmuting it giving that energy to that moment what you needed in that moment yeah versus what you felt you deserved yeah absolutely and (laughs) The financial freedom and what does it mean just got written down as the as, as a future podcast because I feel like there's a whole one in there because that's it's yeah it's it's like stay tuned y'all because that yeah. one that one that one go it goes hand in hand right like because when we re, when we when we are healing our trauma we still need to know what to do with it <laughs> right like what what it means for our future so that that that's definitely in there but yeah I mean it it you don't have to like, again, like with inner child work and stuff, you don't go, you don't have to go back there to re-experience. We're just going back there for clues. We're going with curiosity. We're detectives. We're just going like, Hey man, what the hell happened? Oh, that happened. Okay, great. What do I want to say instead? Like it's, it can be a very short visit, (laughs) but the, the benefit of going on that short visit is that you will change your life. You just will, because once you know, you can't unknow. (laughs) And once you know, you will already energetically shift something because you'll take ownership of of something that you um previously had ownership of in a way that you didn't want you know a subconscious one you'll take a conscious ownership of something and releasing it and you know you all deserve it everybody deserves it um everybody knows how upset i get about what we've done as humans on this planet (laughs) and how we've really messed it up (laughs) and how we've we've just turned the human experience into just blah but I really think that you know those of us that can do this work and can set ourselves into some sort of freedom um you just live you just live better you're happier and we all deserve it so um we don't we don't have to be in the matrix that deep that we're miserable we just don't so I hope that you've enjoyed this part. I hope this podcast helped all of you feel into that and our desire to help you create wellness, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or financial wellness. It's all important. Um, If you have any questions or want to work with either of us about shifting your beliefs, working on being more compassionate with yourself so that you can uncover some of this trauma, Stay tuned and listen to the outro. It gives all of our detailed information of how to reach us. Uh, we are happy to hear from you. And we hope that this week ahead, find you some discovery and compassion and understanding for yourself. Absolutely. Love you. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast i'd love for you to connect with me you can find me at vanessa perry counselor at gmail.com 
or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.